Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Benzocaine was approved by FDA for appetite suppressants, and anybody could do it. Welcome to episode 43 of The Great Fail, a podcast that examines the greatest success stories and their spectacular fails. What led to the demise of the most prolific people, brands, and companies. I am your host, Deborah Chen, and this week we'll be looking at the once extremely popular diet candy, AIDS. Mmm. In June of 1981, the world braced itself on the onset of a global pandemic. The U.S. Center of Disease Control published an article that cited cases of a rare lung infection reported in previously healthy men whose immune systems were no longer working. CDC's Dr. Michael Gottlieb reported symptoms experienced by these individuals as being flu or pneumonia-like. Fever, sore throat, fatigue, and then a rapid progression of weight loss, night sweats, and in many cases, swelling of the lymph glands in the armpits, groin, or neck. Additionally, diarrhea lasting for over a week, sores in the mouth, anus, or genitals, And within months, in the United States alone, there were hundreds of reported cases, mostly adults, but some children under the age of 13. And of all those cases, half of them were dead. As the global medical community gathered to understand and grasp the magnitude of this infection, more and more cases continued to emerge. This would later become known as the AIDS epidemic. And sitting by the sidelines watching this all go down was a small company by the name of Jeffrey Martin, Inc., who owned a very popular appetite suppressant product that had been around for over 40 years, a product that was effective when taken orally. The name of it? Well, it was called AIDS, and it was about to get a trim down of its very own. Welcome to the story of the weight loss product, AIDS. Shedding pounds since the 1930s, reduced and starved out by the 1980s. Ah, 
dieting, a constant struggle for many. There are various reasons why we take on the plight of shedding pounds. For some, it's about health and nutrition and having a better lifestyle. And then for others, an appeal for vanity, especially when we're looking at these ever so popular fad diets. Last year alone, after being holed up in the COVID global pandemic, we saw the value of the U.S. weight loss market skyrocket, clocking in $72.6 billion in meal replacements, diet pills, apps, virtual services, and other product channels. And though dieting isn't anything new, it feels like more than ever we're getting bombarded with ads, media, conversations on the latest diets, the latest trends, and then some of them are just not so savory. In doing research on some of these diet treatments from the past, I couldn't help but chuckle at some of them. For instance, in 1727, an English physician and epidemiologist noticed that people who lived near swamps were fat. So his logical response to that was, if you wanted to shed those pounds, move away from the swamp. Made sense. Then around the 1900s came the tapeworm diet. This is not for the faint of heart, but the gist of this was for dieters to swallow tapeworms and have those parasites eat away at the inside of your intestines. And with some diarrhea and vomiting, voila, you take your anti-parasite meds by the time you reach the ideal weight. Sounds simple, aside from the risk of some eye problems, meningitis, epilepsy, and dementia. And then there was a cotton diet where you essentially pop in a cotton ball whenever you felt that hunger pang. And the cigarette diet, which was also a good appetite suppressant, but came with cancer. And then one of my favorites, the sleeping beauty diet, which made the very legit argument that you can't be eating if you're sleeping, right? So the next time you find yourself reaching for that bag of Cheetos, head to your bed instead. Elvis, by the way, was a huge proponent of this diet and was usually heavily sedated in a comatose state, which might explain why he looks so dreamy in all of his photos. But I digress. It was the late 1930s when the weight loss product AIDS was first introduced to the market. It was a diet suppressant candy that used Hollywood celebrities to tout its effectiveness and made it extremely popular. AIDS was a product that claimed to help you lose weight and keep it all off, unlike so many other products and methods out there. But what made it most appealing was the concept, because unlike having to be sedated all the time, or having a tapeworm inside your body, or have to move away from the swamplands that you love so much, the selling point here was eat candy, lose weight. And it doesn't get any easier than that. Here's an example of how it was advertised in print ads circa 1940s. AIDS candy contains no drugs, no harmful ingredients, $1,000 purity guarantee. AIDS plan calls for no exercising. Many simply eat this delicious candy to curb their appetites for rich, fattening foods. AIDS plan is effective only in cases of overweight due to overindulgence in eating, which includes most overweight people. AIDS candy can help supply vitamin A, B1, and D to prevent deficiencies that might occur due to the lessened appetite also contains valuable food factors from egg, yolk, milk, maltose, and selected vegetables. Only seven cents a day, 30-day supply for only $2. And with the backing of major Hollywood starlets like the gorgeous Hedy Lamarr and the crowned Miss Hungary, Zsa Zsa Gabor, 
there really was no stopping AIDS. By the 1970s, the brand was on a whole nother level. Its strategy caught up with itself and AIDS experienced the highest level of success it had at this time. It was one of those products that everyone just knew about. Jeffrey Martin acquired the product sometime in the 70s. I got there around 84 and it was already humming along at a fairly level rate, substantiated by a lot, a lot, a lot of advertising on the radio and on TV. Diet products tend to be more TV because you want to show before and after and you want to show the person who's lost or says she's lost her weight. That was Frank DePrima, who worked closely with AIDS, the candy diet, that is. And as chief operating officer, he was on the front line seeing the popularity of the sales. Although the product had been around for quite some time, his own company saw the opportunity for this cash cow. What continued making AIDS so successful was the amount of advertising put behind it. Advertising that ingrained the name of the product into the minds of consumers and portrayed the visual aid of seeing the results. Because who doesn't love before and afters? Yes, when I got to Jeffrey Martin Inc., which was the company that I was a chief operating officer of, essentially the number two guy under the founder, and everybody else reported to me. But the product was already quite a successful product for Jeffrey Martin. It was AIDS Diet Candy, A-Y-D-S, little fudge cubes impregnated with benzocaine. And the idea was it numbed your taste buds so you had less of a desire to eat food. The candy came in several flavors. It was available in chocolate, mint, butterscotch and caramel, and later peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Taken as directed before meals, it would curb your appetite so you would eat less and get the figure that you wanted. Now let's talk about how the product actually worked. Because the AIDS from the 1940s marketed that it contained zero drugs, but decades later as it evolved, that was no longer the case. Uh, The Food and Drug Administration had approved benzocaine, which numbs any membrane in your body when applied topically. And just for example, benzocaine was, for all I know still is, the ingredient in solar cane that helps relieve the pain of an existing sunburn. But benzocaine was approved by FDA for appetite suppressants. And anybody could do it. Anybody could put benzocaine in a lozenge. It's not a pill that you swallow because then it wouldn't be numbing your tongue. Something topically applied to your tongue supposedly (laughs) reduced your appetite, but it didn't. It really reduced your desire to eat because you couldn't taste anything. By the late 70s, AIDS was using benzocaine to numb the taste buds so that you simply couldn't taste food. And many were remarking on the results of the diet plan. There were many positive reviews claiming the efficacy of the product, where some even claimed it helped them lose around 100 pounds within weeks. This was a niche product. And it was sweet. It tasted okay. And it had a a nice... We were a small company and it was a nice contributor to the profitability of the company. 
But, uh, you know, when the disease came along, that was the beginning of the end. What would happen next would completely sideswipe the executives at Jeffrey Martin, because in 1981 came the AIDS epidemic. By unfortunate luck and sheer happenstance, when the CDC announced the public health crisis, the then poorly understood deadly disease called AIDS had put the weight loss company into a full-on crisis mode. The company's philosophy was we bought advertising, we ran ads, and the founder, who was a genius when it came to buying media at much lower rates than our competitors. I mean, that was the core of his business. Great big legend in the industry, a lovely boss, advertising genius, but what we had was only the name. As Frank stated, it was all in the name, alluding to the fact that anyone could have put benzocaine into a candy and called it an appetite suppressant. But what made AIDS so popular was the amount of advertising spent on building that hype, which would soon become its downfall. Because after spending so much money on radio and television ads, they were only building brand equity around that and nothing else. Because FDA had approved benzocaine for this use, no one had to submit a new drug application for it. So there was no regulatory franchise. Anybody could do it. Similarly, there was no patent, no patent protection on the drug. So all we had was the name. As the medical world continued to understand the life cycle and mechanism in the spread of the AIDS virus, it didn't matter that the AIDS diet product was phonetically different or that it was a product that had been around for 40 years prior because it still left a really bad taste in people's mouths. So when the disease came along, we knew, and Marty knew, and I knew, that there was no way you could change the name without an enormous investment in advertising behind a new name. The executives at Jeffrey Martin were staring at the precipice of this dilemma. How would they respond to the crisis? They weighed the options. They could either spend a significant amount on rebranding and remarketing the product that had nothing proprietary, or hold out hoping that the disease rides out and disappears. Or that perhaps the CDC changes its name on the disease. Now, if you were head of the company, what do you think you would do? It was perfectly obvious what was happening, and there was it was also obvious there wasn't a lot we could do about it except fill orders and continue to advertise it at a somewhat lower level. When interviewed by the media, one of the manufacturing executives was quoted as saying, the product had been around for 45 years. Let the disease change its name. What they failed to understand was, who wants the consumer product whose name was associated with a virus that was essentially killing people in droves? But the disease didn't change its name. And after some high-profile deaths, which include actor Rock Hudson and Freddie Mercury of Queen, 
What did happen was even a bigger spotlight shed on the awareness for AIDS. And when tying into the weight loss as a symptom for AIDS the disease to that of the weight loss effects of AIDS the candy, well, the parallels here could make even the most ambitious dieter cringe. By 1988, those at Jeffrey Martin watched as sales dropped by 50%, never rebounding and recovering from the loss. That same year, Jeffrey Martin sold the product to DEP Corporation. And though the new company tried to rebrand with a new name, Diet AIDS and AIDS Slim, it was too little, too late. Be like today if you had a diet product named COVID. Nobody would buy it, right? The pandemic first started, I saw amazing poster information that people said they would never buy Corona beer again. Corona beer had nothing to do with coronavirus. AIDS diet candy had nothing to do with the disease AIDS. It was just an unfortunate coincidence that your name was associated with a disease that scared the pants off everybody. And sales started going down, and other businesses, I don't remember which ones, but there were other businesses that had AIDS in their name that suffered, that similarly suffered. The unfortunate fate of AIDS was one that was so ridiculous, you just really couldn't have made it up. Especially when you think about its longevity, the evolution over the years and how it was ultimately wiped out. As a consultant for executives, one of the biggest questions I see investors ask startups or emerging companies is, what makes your business proprietary? What makes you unique? And what will prevent others, maybe even larger companies, from coming in and replacing exactly what you're doing? You'd be surprised to hear some of the responses. Despite AIDS being around for 40 years successfully, and despite it being a household brand, it was an empire built on sand and became one of the biggest product flops in history. To reference the story of Romeo and Juliet, two star-crossed lovers whose family names prevented them from being together. In the fame quote, what's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. Except that was not the case here because the name was all they had. And the finale of AIDS the Diet Candy resulted too in a Shakespearean tragedy. Special thanks to Frank DePrima, former COO at Jeffrey Martin, Inc., for sharing his story and insights from working with AIDS, the diet candy. And thank you for tuning in to this week's The Great Fail. Please make sure to visit our website at thegreatfail.com for behind-the-scene audio and video footage. If you like these episodes and want us to continue bringing you more, please subscribe to our newsletter because, well, not connecting with you would be our great fail. 
While you're at it, simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. The research on each episode is extensive, but none of them would be possible without the tireless efforts of researchers, writers, and reporters. They are all credited on thegreatveil.com under our show notes. Lastly, you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Great Fail Pod. And please subscribe, rate, review this podcast on iTunes to show your support. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. And remember, folks, with great failure comes great liability. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.